You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, joined today by Spike Friedman. Spike, we have Thursday night football. We have the action green jerseys and pants. Uh, what's your opinion of those? I love them. I love them. I know there are people out there who don't like them. I don't know why. They're neon green. Who doesn't love neon green? Who doesn't love ooze? Who doesn't love toxic waste? Yeah. You know, it really, it, it, it evokes a simpler time, the 90s, back when you could just wear neon green and no one judged you. You know, it's 2017. People got to be less judgmental, not more judgmental. Support the team. Support the action green. Yeah, no, I, I support it. And I think, you know, you made a good point in it going back to the 90s. And it really makes me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah, Secret of the Ooze, yes. Exactly, and uh, they they went down to TCRI and uh, got their color palette for their Ooze and uh, came up with some jerseys. So I'm all for it. I love the Ninja Turtles. I love the Seahawks. So this is like a perfect combination. Yeah, it's great. I will also say, though, the Seahawks do need to bring back the 90s Royal Blue jerseys at some point for some sort of throwback situation. Obviously, this is not the week for that. But uh, come on, guys. Let's see that royal blue at some point. Seahawks, you can do it. Yeah, like like we said. We said this on a on an earlier show, but yeah. it could be done really well. And so we're, yeah. it's, we're, we're just waiting to see it. So please, if anyone's listening, relay Paul our message. Paul Allen. Yeah. I know Paul Allen loves computers, you know, so you might listen to podcasts. He invented I've... Microsoft Word. Why wouldn't you listen to a podcast? I bet he's on computers enough to at least maybe stumble into reading the words Locked and Seahawks, maybe in the same sentence. I don't know. So it could put some ideas in his head. Who knows what Powell Allen's thinking? I don't. But I'm thinking the Seahawks play on Thursday. They play the Arizona Cardinals in what now seems like a must-win game to stay competitive in the race to really make the playoffs. And... We're not really, we're not really fighting for a home field advantage just yet. I think things have to shake out with the Eagles and the Rams, and that those are teams that we each have to play one time in the rest of the season. And so there's a lot of moving, moving parts. But right now the Seahawks are just fighting to stay in the playoff race because right now they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, I'm still not worried about it. Again, we talked yesterday about how much I don't trust Carolina. And diving into Football Outsiders DVOA stats, Seahawks actually sort of surged up the DVOA standings this week uh, because they did so much well against Washington, and then they erased it by being idiots. But broadly speaking, they're playing so much better than Carolina, and they're playing better than Dallas, and at some point, Elliott will be suspended, you know, knock on whatever, wood, something uh, in order to ensure that happens. And so I'm not super worried about making the playoffs, but if we're going to take the Rams out, win the NFC West, get at least a home game, this is the sort of game this team has to win. Arizona is bad. They don't have their top quarterback. They don't have their top offensive weapon. They don't have their top pass rusher. 
We have to win this game. Yeah, I think I think that the Seahawks. I mean, they're in prime time, but they really have to play up to this game, and it's a it's a high leverage situation. It it's it cuts out the playoff picture a little clearer, and I think that you know going into Thursday, they can't dwell on Sunday, and that's my first thing that I want to look out for uh, when the Seahawks take the field is is there's no. There's no dwelling on what happened against Washington. It's just looking past it and then really erasing that from their memories and putting a good performance on the field. And I think that starts with my second thing, with Russell Wilson having a, a good game. And he goes to Arizona, where he's been pretty successful. And last time we went out there, it was a 6-6 tie. But uh, Spike was saying off air that he didn't play terrible. And, you know, in in three games before that, he, you know, had a touchdown to interception ratio of eight to zero. So he's yeah. he's, he's putting points on the board and he's not giving the ball away. And yeah, you know, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that uh, against Washington, he was he was playing pretty well, too. But again, he, he had some issues with ball trajectory that led to. A couple of possible turnovers, and a lot of that's weather-related. We've seen him struggle in the weather this year, and I haven't looked at the Arizona forecast too closely, but it's November in Arizona. I'm banking, and also I believe they have retractable roof. Yeah, so I'm do. banking on this one being pretty comfortable for old Russ's grip of the balls. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson will have a will have an easier afternoon, or I mean evening, of you know getting a feel of the ball and really getting a grip on it to put it where he wants to uh, put it because you know even on that interception to Will Compton he says you know I saw the guy but he he couldn't push the ball over him and so yeah. I don't think we're going to have any problems like that come Thursday and I also think that you know he he plays well there and he's he feels good and so we can see another one of those performances and and a couple of years ago, even he rushed for 88 yards, too. So yeah. you know he he does what he has to do. He'll he'll shake Patrick Peterson. He'll break his ankles, and he'll he'll get those first downs, and he'll make those highlight plays that we're used to seeing in in Arizona. I, I also want to mention that this is a must-win game again. That that's worth mentioning one more time because that's my third point. It's must-win game, so they just need to go and do whatever they can to win it. It could be ugly. It could be comfortable, but they need to execute and they need to make the plays when it matters. And they can't allow, you know, Drew Stanton to to make throws. I don't think Drew Stanton's capable of making the throws that Kirk Cousins did on the on the last drive. I think very few quarterbacks in the league are able to, but especially Drew Stanton. So if if he's doing that and and putting you down, you're in a bad position already. So you got to do whatever you can to win the game. I know it sounds simple. I know it's boring. And it's dry, but they they really just need to go out there and execute. Yeah, I uh, don't disagree. Uh, And to dive into what I was looking at coming in this game, a lot of it is around Drew Stanton and actually the comparison with Kirk Cousins. Obviously, they're both Michigan State guys. And uh, Stanton came into the league well before Cousins. And Cousins, when he came into the league, his rap was that he would be a lot like Drew Stanton. And that's why he wasn't a high upside guy. That's why he sort of slid in the draft, was drafted to be the backup for Robert Griffin. 
But the difference between the two players is their accuracy. Stan is actually as capable of dropping in a nice deep ball as Cousins is. But Cousins is a historically accurate NFL passer. We talked about this last week, that he is second only to Drew Brees in NFL history in terms of accuracy. And against the Seahawks, even though he didn't make a ton of plays against us, he was pretty accurate. Like, he ended up, I believe, 21 for 33, something along those lines, in that 60% range. Drew Stanton for his career, and he's 33, so it's not like he's got any upside, is in the mid to low 50s for accuracy, I believe. Yeah, his career completion percentage is 52.6%. So far this year, he's at 45.5%. Those are bad numbers. Just going to say it. Those are bad numbers. His career record is 9-5, and five, but that's because he's been playing for an Arizona team with a really good defense for most of the most of those starts that he's gotten in relief of Carson Palmer. And so Stanton himself is not really a threat generally against a really good Seahawks defense. But again, the problem is that he's got that deep ball. And Bruce Arians always wants to unleash that deep ball. And the Seahawks have Earl Thomas as a game-time decision. So while everything about this matchup on paper looks like it goes the Seahawks' way, there's that little bit of fear that in the middle of the field you're going to get Larry Fitzgerald running free, beating Justin Coleman, and not having that help over the top or something along those lines. You have Jerron Brown who has been really good again this year. Uh, I believe John Brown's been playing on and off. He's He obviously has the speed to be a threat. I actually don't know exactly how well he's been playing this year. Uh, but that is all to say that Arizona does have the capacity to get those big explosive plays off. And so when it comes down to just being pragmatic and winning the game, that we're not making mistakes is going to come in. Against Washington, Seattle should have been up enough so that that one big drive from Kirk Cousins didn't lose us the game, but they weren't. You know, they were only up, what, five points. So that's not enough. And against Arizona, similarly, because Stanton can beat us in the middle of the field that way, and because we might not have Earl Thomas, you know, we need to be up 10 points late. We need to be up 15 points late. We need to be up 30 points late. Arizona's bad. We should be up by that amount. Hopefully we are. And hopefully, you know, also everything I just said, totally moot if Earl Thomas plays. If Earl Thomas is out there playing at even a medium level, I have no fear about this game. If if we have Bradley McDougald out there, he was solid. So I'm not like thinking we will lose without Earl Thomas, but it's a, it's not the ideal time to be playing this Arizona team. Earl Thomas is not the right piece to lose. Right, and and generally you don't want to lose Earl Thomas for any game. I know it's a white hot take. Yeah, white exactly. hot take. <laughs> and we'll we'll get into my la- and my matchup for the Seahawks going into this game right after this. All right, and we're back, and I think that an area where Seattle can make an improvement is on their offensive line. We see their left side looking competent with decent yeah. upside. And it's it's a performance last week that they can build on and really yeah. improve going into Thursday. Arizona only has one legit pass rusher in Chandler Jones. And outside of him, 
they're lacking. Uh, Clayus Campbell's in Jacksonville, and yeah. you know he was just a monster. I think he haunted R- Russell Wilson's dreams as much as Aaron Donald probably does. And I think that if there's a game for them to put it together, it's this week, and it's a short week, and so I don't know how fresh Arizona's defensive line's legs are. I don't know how fresh our legs are, but at the same time, they they're young enough with the exception of of Dwayne Brown that a short turnaround shouldn't be that that much of a problem for them health-wise. And I we we see these these finger injuries with Pete Carroll sending wise guys to teach him a lesson, but I don't think that they'll they'll be much of an issue. I think Afedi, he was a full participant in practice. Odiambo should be active as a as a backup. I think I don't I don't yeah. really get that, but uh, yeah, I th- I think that it's a it's a game where they can take advantage of a depleted Arizona line from last year. Yeah, uh, looking at what they did last week, Carlos Dansby got a sack from the linebacker position. Obviously, this Arizona defense blitzes a lot, and they bring pressure from different places. So Chandler Jones uh, is the only real pass rushing threat. Uh, Corey Peters managed to get a sack last week. So did Rodney Gunter, but those are more interior D-tackle types. They're not... The sort of guys who are going to blow up your line. Robert and Kondiche still not making a big impact for them. Buda Baker didn't make a big impact for them. So you look at that. You look at the, their capacity to blitz and generate pass rush. It's going to come down to the offensive line for us being disciplined. You saw Pete talking about that. The A and Tom Cable and Daryl Bevel today talking about that. Where the issue with a guy like Jermaine Effetti. He's actually improving a great deal in terms of like his raw skills. He's then making boneheaded mistakes. And blitzes can force guys to make dumb errors. And so this is going to be a game about the Seahawks playing discipline, playing within themselves, which is something they can afford to do. They don't need to make any hero plays because, again, Arizona doesn't have the talent level without Carson Palmer and David Johnson or Marcus Golden to be able to like blow us out of the water. So we just need this offensive line to play within themselves. Uh, and hopefully they do. And when I say that, I mean that quite literally. Because Jermaine Fetty is getting his hands too wide. And he's playing outside of himself. He's getting called for holding over and over again. When I say play within yourselves, it's not just a metaphor, Jermaine. Keep hmm. your hands within the width of your jersey. For crying out loud, those are the rules of football. Come and on, man. They've been the rules for a long time. Long time. And, and even Pete was saying that, you know, it's really an area where they thought they would clear it up much faster. And yeah. so he's he's kind of on that CJ Procise clock on a different level where he's on the field, he's just making stupid plays. And CJ Procise is not on the field uh, having a stupid injury. So, Jermaine Effetti, please don't hold. <laughs> yeah, ideally, ideally won't. And, and for me, looking at this matchup from one other perspective our offense against their defense, you got to look at their secondary cornerbacks. And they're running out uh, Tremont Williams, and they are running out... Hold on, who's the other one? They've got Tyvon Branser, but he's playing safety. Oh, man, I had it, and I'm blanking on his name. Oh, this is bad podcast. Stick with me, guys. Come on. Come on. It's Tremont Williams. they got Brandon Williams, but that's not who I'm thinking of. Oh, boy, it's not good podcasting. Ah, it's Justin Bethel. That's who I'm thinking of. 
and he's real bad. And so Patrick Peterson's really good, and he's going to stay on the outside, and he's going to neutralize somebody. Some One of our offensive options, whether it's Lockett or Richardson or Baldwin, it's going to be neutralized effectively on every play. And and some of that is how good Peterson is, but like some of that is also the fact that Justin Bethel and Tremont Williams are not good at this point in their career. And the Seahawks' second and tertiary wide receivers are way better. Those are huge mismatches for Seattle. And the capacity for the Seattle offense to hit explosives, while the Seattle defense limits explosives, very high. Very high. And I, I, I think the the suspense that you were building, trying to figure out their third corner just was in Bethel. just as Ooh. high. It was just yeah. as high. And I think that, you know, going to the offensive line, if they allow Russell Wilson enough time, these receivers are going to get open down the field, and he's going to have those opportunities to really sling it. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, if, if Russell Wilson's kept clean, if he has a good three, four, five seconds to, to really observe the field and throw, then then I think that it's going to be a comfortable win and it's going to be another good Russell Wilson game in Arizona. And we yeah. won't have much to worry about. It'll be a fun podcast. We won't be having to tell you guys to calm down and try to soothe you and, and, and really take away your worries. Yeah, so I, I think I think if the Seahawks do their job, they do that job for us as well. Yeah, and I mean, looking at it, you you think about whether or not precise plays, and then you got Jimmy Graham. The safeties and linebackers for Arizona are pretty good; like they can do their jobs. So it's not going to be easy in that part of the field for us to get yardage. So again, I really just think like finding the weeks, and it's and it's what teams have done to Seattle through the years when we've been either injury riddled or or have a bad second corner for a while you know like you just exploit it you find the other team's weakness and you exploit it and that's some of the frustration that we've had i think with daryl bevel this year it isn't that he's running too much objectively or that he's you know making bad decisions so much as he isn't exploiting our strengths against an enemy's weakness it's it's that he isn't taking the opponent seriously in that way. And here there's a clear mismatch. We've got improving pass protection against a not-so-great defensive line. So you've got the ability to exploit the mismatch from that side. you got to call the right plays. you got to get Russ attacking the weakness of this Arizona defense. you got to do it. You gotta I want it. it. And you got, you got to what... stay. You... You got to stick with us until we get back to you shortly. Yeah, because we're going to pick this game. And I think we've spoiled our pick, but you got to stick with us. Right. You got to learn all the ins and outs and, and know the official terms. All right. And we're back. And we're about to pick this game. I think you guys know where we're headed with this. Yeah. I mean, you guys at home, you know, you're going to get the ins and outs. And you also got to avoid Grant coughing right into the microphone. Like it's going to be edited out for you guys at home, the listeners, because we respect and like you. Right. You know, we, we realize where we can get better. We we realize our weaknesses and yeah. we we try to, you know, keep those down as much as possible. Oh, man. What are you picking this at, man? All right. I don't so, know. What's the line? What's the official line on this bad boy? All right. Let's let's get the official line up and then we'll get Wait, our. Official... Well, what, what do you think it is? What okay. do you think it is? OK, so. I think we've got the drama, right? I think that uh, 
If the the Seahawks will be favorites in this game, they and... are favorites. I've pulled. I've got the answer ready right in front of okay. me. Uh, minus six and a half. Minus five and a half. Ooh. And it's moved. It opened at minus five. And I'd pound the Seahawks on that. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Arizona's really bad, and the Seahawks are good. And I don't care that this is on the road. And last year, this was a stupid tie with stupid Stephen Hauschka missing a stupid game-winning field goal that stupid cost us a bye in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think this is... Uh, I think it's going to get weird. I'm going to go oh, 29-18. What All is right. that? All right. I think that Drew Stanton is actually going to lead an early touchdown drive. Don't like that. But that's really going to be the extent of Arizona's points. Besides one, maybe uh, one more field goal. And one more field goal. That's Maybe it's a 27-10 game. Thursday night football will will start off. Oh, are the are the Cardinals gonna upset the Seahawks team? And then it'll prove that they won't, and it'll really be a boring game for most fans, and we'll be able to enjoy it because the Seahawks will be winning 27 to 10. Yeah, great. 20. So you had 27 to 10. I had 29 to 18. Why do I think that? I don't know. I don't know. I just am like, if Earl Thomas plays, I want to revise mine to 29 to 9. Taking 9 points off the board for Earl Thomas alone. I really do not believe in Drew Stanton except in his ability to lead an early touchdown drive because that's just a, a prediction on the whim. I think okay. I think that Dwight Freeney maybe gets one more sack this week. Oh, great call. Dwight Freeney, Dwight Freeney revenge game. Dwight Freeney revenge game. He he would make everybody breakfast, and, and yeah, and teach everybody the spin move. And yeah, so, so he's he's coming back to his old temporary stomping grounds. I love that this is a revenge game. He also played for Arians at uh, Indianapolis. Exactly. So it's sort of a double vengeance game for Dwight Freeney. What if Dwight Freeney ends up with like fifteen sacks this year? Dwight Freeney's career renaissance has been great in Seattle so far because he was credited with a full sack uh, against Houston. and So, so he, he has three sacks already? He already has three sacks in his career as a Seahawk. That's insane. Yeah, I think that if, if, he, if he gets maybe 12 sacks, we build a statue for him outside of CenturyLink. I, I, I'll start that question. Okay. I'll start that. Uh, I'll, I'll make a GoFundMe for it, even though Paul Allen has more than enough money for it. I'll start a GoFundMe, I'll start a petition, and we'll get that running. So, Dwight Ooh. Freeney, if you're out there listening, no, you're already on your way. You already have three sacks. So just finish the job, and you'll be immortalized outside of CenturyLink Field. Man, what a what a what a legend! What a it's just so cool. We've got a legend on our team right now. Right, like he's got a like coming, hardcore legend. Like coming in, like total like badass, like has all like these historic stats, and he's like on our team now. Like yeah. we are, like we already have like a lot of badass players on our team, but yeah. like having like like this seasoned vet like. Like total grit and I, I just I liken it to like old man Logan a little bit. Oh, I haven't seen it, so no spoilers. I won't I won't spoil it, but like 
he, he I mean, okay. It I came mean, out like right. Spoiler months. alert, spoiler alert, he kills people. Oh and, my god. Dwight Freeney kills people with his spin move and, and being able to get to the quarterback. And so that's where I draw the comparison. Well, and you know what else is going on? Because we debated how many members of this team are going to the Hall of Fame. There's another one. Dwight Freeney is yeah. Dwight Freeney is the most likely player on the Seahawks. Is that true? Is he more likely to go to the Hall of Fame than Russell Wilson and Earl Thomas? He might be. As it stands right now. I think I think that because he's, he's a hundred yeah, he's a hundred percent going in and like if Russell Wilson or Earl Thomas never played another game, they probably would not go in. So think, yeah. So I think more more the question is more than is he getting in, is it first ballot? Yeah. And like if not, it's it's in the first three ballots. He won't wait long. He won't wait long. Not at uh, all. No. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. This defense might have fourteen Hall of Famers on it. When when it's all said and done, that's crazy. That's crazy. Fifteen. You know, I'm already penciling in Shaq. <laughs> penciling in Jaron Reed. All right, so Pen- you're penciling in these guys. Penciling and Cam in, Chancellor not, no. can't make it. Cam is still not in, but Bradley McDougal definitely getting in. So <laughs> Dion Bailey just for the hype preseason. Uh, during, Dion Bailey during Cam Chancellor's holdout gets in. Oh my god! Just for the storyline. Uh, not on in. the roster anymore. Yeah, Dion Jordan too, former yeah, top pick. Just put in all the Dion's really. All the D. Hey, Dion Butler sh- from the offense. A- yeah. There's already a statistically disproportionate amount of Dion's amongst the general population versus the NFL Hall of Fame just by there being one. You know what I mean? And I, so, I think, you know, you have a pretty, pretty uh, varied way of spelling it, too, if, you, if you're putting yeah. those guys in, too. So those are the sort of great stats you can get if you go to profootballfocus.com, get an edge membership. And if you don't want to pay for an edge membership, you can leave us a five star review on iTunes, and be entered to win one from the Lockdown Podcast Network. There's a whole network. If you're a fan of another team, you can listen to their podcasts. But uh, that'd be weird if you were like a Bills fan. Yeah. If you're a Lakers fan, we're friends with those guys. If you're a fan of a... I don't know. Is there a Mariners one? I think I feel like I've asked you this before. Uh, no, there's not There's not one yet. So no. we're, we're really holding it down for Seattle. I know, no. I know I think the Sonics should be in Seattle still. And you know I, they were kind of my de facto team. I always I'm, yeah. I've grown up. A I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear this. But I don't want to hear we're about holding some... it down for you guys. We're holding Lakers, it down. Lakers, Sonics, bigamy. I don't want to hear it, Grant. You're offending me. You're offending our listeners. I will say though, the Thunder just lost eighty six ninety four to the Kings, who were two and eight. Now that's a terrible loss for the Thunder. What an embarrassment. Never should have left Seattle. Uh, so on that note, I feel like, yeah, so we're picking the Seahawks to win big game tomorrow. How do you even watch it? I think it's streaming on Amazon. I think that's fun for everybody. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think, is this, is this a Tony Romo game? Is oh, this, maybe. cause oh. I, I think, I think that we're in for a total treat if we get yeah, to watch, is. if we get to watch Tony Romo watching Russell Wilson. Love that. And so, and so we're getting we're getting more reviews by the day. And so, why don't you join the list? Because if you leave a review, you'll most likely be shouted out on the podcast. So you'll get your fifteen minutes. Well, maybe like fifteen six, seconds. Six seconds. But you, you'll get your slice of the limelight. 
and and everybody wins. You might win even more if you win a Pro Football Focus Edge membership. So why don't you go ahead and leave that review and your Twitter handle in it? Yeah, love it. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that we've we've covered all of our bases from football to me going on way too long about basketball and digging myself a deeper hole, and then yeah. uh, and then iTunes reviews. So go ahead, leave that review. Hop in Spike's DMs if you're a Seattle area uh, restaurant, and yep. get in contact with Spike. Maybe maybe you appreciate his business enough to join the show and have us talk about you guys. So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? And for Locked on Seahawks, I'm Grant Goldberg. And I'm Spike Friedman.